With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're going to talk about revisiting your vision, uh, revisiting our vision today, the vision of the church. Your vision, your own personal vision, is one that uh, you have opportunity to say, God, use my life for your glory. Whatever you want to use my life for, just take it and use it for your glory. And we gave a definition of what I have a, in your, in your uh, bulletin. You'll see a uh, a, uh, my notes, my, my personal notes. I use a, a small amount of notes, but I, when I do have some, I like to give them to you. I give you the opportunity to kind of re- catch up on some things here as well. Vision defined is a divine revelation inspired understanding of God's will, purpose, and plan. Again, I've been using that same definition for a long time. And the definition really uh, helps us to understand what the divine revelation that God's given us really is. You know, if it's not divinely inspired, that means it's inspired by something else. If it's not divinely inspired, it's inspired by something else, and, and it does not bring forth any kind of fruit at all as well. Divine revelation inspired understanding and getting a hold of what the will of God is for our lives. Getting a hold of it and saying, no, I, I got this. I understand it now. I get a, I get a, have you been in, in, divinely inspired by something that you, um, let's say, for instance, you had a, a thought or an idea, and all of a sudden you got the understanding of it right away. You got a quickening of it right away. You know, perhaps you're, you're, you're creating something brand new. A matter of fact, you may create a, a new dish to eat. I'm not, I'm not a chef. I don't cook. I don't try to cook. And, and, but those of you that do cook, uh, if you've had, ever had a chance to take somebody else's recipe and you get a divine understanding about what, that, what, what it takes to make that recipe taste, taste the same. Um, there's a time I, I recognize that, you know, my mother-in-law, um, uh, my mother-in-law, uh, Barbara's mom, a long time ago, she used to make this macaroni and cheese, right? And I, and I tried to make it. I said, no, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. Uh, I, I tried to cook, couldn't cook, couldn't cook. But, but you see, the thing is that when we try to do something that other people do, unless we have the understanding that they have, we can't do it. Right. Did you get, you get that? Somebody takes over your job, your assignment, and they don't get the divine, under, under, inspired understanding of it. You get a call back saying, come back to work, because they didn't get it. My mother used to work at the gas company. When she worked at the gas company, she had a chance to retire at 52 years old. She retired at 52 years old, and she uh, was called back several times to come back to work because the people couldn't get it, what she was doing. So she, they called her back as a contractor. She kept on going back, and she would charge him a fee to come back. She said, this is, what I, this is what I come back to work for. I don't work for less than this. Okay. And so the understanding about something has to be inspired. Because otherwise we can get something that we can kind of mimic somebody for a while. We can mimic somebody for a little bit and try to get done what they get done. But in our mimicking, we don't have the same spirit. You hear that part? In the word inspired, you kind of see the word S-P-I-R there. Inspired is close to the word spirit. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. You ever been inspired by the Holy Spirit? You know what I'm talking about. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit is one that keeps us getting up in the middle of the night and saying, yes, I get it, God. I get it, God. I get, I get that you want me to do this. I'm getting understanding about what I need to be doing in my life. Because, again, we are in places of our own lives where, if we're not, again, if we're not inspired to get the will of God, or the will of God, the purpose of God, and the plan of God, then we're just kind of existing. How fun is it just existing? How fun is it just getting by? How fun is it just saying, well, you know, 
<sighs> I'm on this job, and until you get an understanding about why you're there, from, from the Lord, hear this part, an understanding about from the Lord, you just kind of exist there. There are folks that work on jobs and, and have uh, places of, of employment or even businesses, and they're not understanding exactly why they do what they do. It's more than just feeding your family. Inspired understanding would give you the chance to say, well, you know, God's got me here for a reason. Why, why is that? Why does he have me here for a reason to do what I'm supposed to be doing? Why, why am I at this place of employment in this stage of my life right this right now? When we get the answer to that, when we get the answer to that, that's the inspired understanding that causes us to go ahead and leave, lead out in that regard. So we're going to use that same definition today as we talk about our church vision. Uh, but then the uh, God's will, purpose, and plan, we're not going to go over that right at this very moment. But Acts 2.17 was the scripture reference we use about, uh, and, it, and, it shall, and it shall come to pass, that in the last days, uh, says the Lord, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, all flesh, meaning not just, not just, watch this part, not just Christians. He said all flesh, didn't he? What does all mean, Greg? That's it. I give, give you a chance to participate. All, all means all, and that's all, mean, all means, right? So if we get a chance, he, he's poured out his spirit upon all flesh, and sons, your sons and daughters shall, shall prophesy, and your young men uh, shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Habakkuk 2.2, 2, we talked about that, right? The vision makes it plain, that he who he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. He said, because it, it surely come to pass. It will not tarry. Now the understanding we had, understanding we had there is that though it tarries, he said, wait for it. Though it's going to take a long time, he said, wait for it. At the very end, he says this, he said, it will not tarry. It, it, will, not, it will not be long. Does, does that sound kind of strange to you? He said, go to school for four years, college. It's going to take you four years to get through, through college, but it won't take long. Go to school to learn how to do a certain thing. It, won't, it may take you 10 years to become a doctor, but it won't be long. In your first year of your doctorate program, in your bachelor year, in your first year of your, your bachelor year, you're saying, well, gee, 10 years is a long time in my life. And all of a sudden, you get to the ninth year, you say, it won't be long. You see, when we put, up, we put in the time to get things accomplished in our lives, we realize that what we think is a long time, it really isn't that long a time at all. Now, I, I, if somebody would tell me it's going to take us 22 years or 23 years or 25 years to get to what we got to get to as a church, I'd say, ooh, no, I don't want to wait that long. Don't want to wait that long. But you know what? I've been waiting that long. Been waiting that long. But you know what? He says it won't be long. He said, he said it won't be long. See, he said he's, it, it, won't, it will not tarry. It's not going to take any longer than it's supposed to take. I can imagine, I've never been pregnant before. Don't plan on getting pregnant. Don't, don't, that's not going to happen. But those, those ladies have been pregnant before because when you first get pregnant, you're all excited and you think, that, oh, my, when is this child ever going to come? I mean, I can imagine you say, I don't know if you, what you guys say, but I can imagine you walking around with a child in your tummy and you're going like, it won't be long, but it seems like it's going to be a long time, but it won't be long. Nine months is a very short time compared to 18 years of raising a child, 19, 20 years of raising a child, 40 years of raising a child. Some of you are raising kids and they got kids and still raising kids, 60 years old, still raising kids. Never, you never stop being a parent. So, but it won't be long, though, right? It won't be long. Proverbs 29, 18 says this. It says, where there is no vision. And I like what the Amplified uh, Classic Edition said. It says this. It says, no redemptive revelation of God. Where there is no vision... No redemptive revelation of God. Redemptive meaning saving grace. Redemptive meaning having a saving quality about it. 
redeeming something, redeeming the time, saving the time, saving on the time. Redeeming meaning to take you out of a situation and bring you to a place of safety again. That's redeeming. So if there's no redemptive, no re, uh, let's say here it is a redemptive, um, a d- redemptive revelation. Redemptive revelation would mean that you have the will, purpose, and plan. Meaning you have, it has to have redemptive value in it. If there's no redemptive value. Watch this. If there's no redemptive value, that means that nobody's getting saved, nobody's getting healed, nobody's getting delivered, nobody's getting set free. If there's no redemptive value in a vision. And so the divine revelation inspired understanding has to have all of that in order for it to be a divine revelation from God. We get revelation all the time, but the revelation that we receive is not necessarily from God all the time. And if it's not from God, it does not have redemptive value. It didn't have redemptive, uh, redemptive uh, revelation in it, redemptive revelation of God. People will perish when that doesn't happen. People need your vision. Hear this. People need your vision. If you'll, if, you, if you'll cast it. People need your personal vision. They need, see, you're, you're not here just to take up space. I'm not just talking about here in Singapore. I'm talking about here in the earth. You're here in the earth to make a difference. Every morning we wake up, we're here to make a difference. Every morning we wake up. And we ought to have a revelation of what God is giving us to do for the day. There ought not be a day that goes by that, that we feel like we wasted our day. Even if you're resting, watch this part. You know when I'm resting, when you're resting, I'm getting revelation from God. When I'm resting, when I'm actually just do, do, out walking or just sitting down, relaxing, uh, God's always pouring into us. He's always giving us stuff. He's give, always giving us thoughts and ideas. Hear this part. The devil is too. His desire is to sift you as wheat. His desire is to get you off track. His desire is to think you, make you think that you're not, your life's not valuable. As long as he can get you thinking that your life's not valuable while you're resting. While you're doing for God is one thing, you see. Because we have an understanding that while we're doing, we're not, human, we're not human doings, we're human beings. We be like Christ. Then we do like Christ. We don't just do like Christ because anybody can do. But not everybody can be. Those who are called of God, those who are born again of the Spirit of God, are the ones that are called to be. And that, that's us. We're the ones that are called to be like Christ. And then we do like Christ. Otherwise, we won't get it, we won't get it done. So don't think as though that because I don't have a lot of time to give to my life and I, I, my, my, my dreams are not coming to pass right now, things are going in a different direction than I thought they were going to go, uh, uh, my time is, I've, been, I've been wasting my time. No, you haven't. You've been tearing. You've been waiting, but it won't be long. You've been waiting, but it won't be long. He says, remind yourself, number, and here's the points I gave you last week as well. Remind yourself uh, what you've written. Reduce your wisdom, uh, your vision, read. reduce your, your vision to simple terminology, and then read it frequently, and then run and keep on running with your vision. Now, as we've got a hold of that part of it, I want to go into uh, today our vision as a church, uh, Center Point Christian Fellowship. And many of you, you see right on the front of the bulletin, it says changing our cities for Jesus, right at the very bottom down there, changing our cities for Jesus. And the, the, the actual vision, that, that statement that we have is called changing our cities for Jesus from where we live to the ends of the earth. That's, that's the actual long vision that we have out there. How many of you knew that already? How many of you knew that already? You knew that? Well, we put the vision on the front of the bulletin so you'll see it, okay? I want you to be able to see that. Uh, have had it there for a long time uh, in reference to that. So, so but, but changing our cities for Jesus from where we live to the ends of the earth is, is more or less uh, what's found over in Matthew 
Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, and we're going to go over there in just a minute. But then we broke it down to just changing our cities. Because if we can reduce that same vision to its simplest terminology, we're changing our cities for Jesus would be something that we would understand. That's also, also still in-house. You understand that part? In-house, changing our cities for Jesus. But what does that mean to the person that's outside the church? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So we said changing our cities. Now, if you remember, I had a television program called Changing Our Cities. Just cha- it, wasn't, it, it had nothing to do with Jesus. I mean, well, it did have something to do with Jesus. People didn't know that, but it said changing our cities, changing our cities, changing our cities. And we had a logo. We had a music in the background. We had all this stuff going on regarding changing our cities. And so that was for people that did not know Jesus. Although I didn't mention the name of Jesus, I wanted to attract folks that did not know Jesus. And, and <laughs> funny, funny thing that happened, I... I, I I told you this before. I think I told you this before. I got a phone call from a guy threatening me that I was, you know, threatening me about, about being on the air, about what I, what I was doing. He called me up and wanted to have a little conversation with me regarding why I was talking about Jesus on, on, the, on the Internet, on, the, on, on cable TV. I said, well, what's up with this, you know? It's kind of crazy. But he kind of threatened me a little bit. And Cedric played soccer uh, years ago. Uh, remember, you guys, you guys remember that. But when he played soccer, there was a guy that was in the community here that... Um, I'll say his first name, Shannon. Shannon, last name is, uh, no, his last name too. But he was an atheist. And he would, uh, we would see Cedric and his son, and our, his son played on the same, same team. But he would see me on TV and see me in person, right? Because I'm at the games. See me on TV, see me in person. But then I recognized that when I saw him in person, he started treating me different. Because I noticed that, I knew he was watching me on television. Question at the end of, at end of this time together as well today. Matthew 28, and we'll look at verse number 19. Matthew 28, 19. 28, 19. Here we go. I'll start at 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Here's 19. Go, therefore... Because, I've given you, I've, because all authority has been given to me, I'm giving you a command here. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As Jesus is saying this right here, our, our vision is really, our vision, not, not our, our vision is different than our mission. We'll talk about mission just a little bit as well. But our vision is derived from here. Because if we have a vision that's a divine revelation and inspired to understand of God's will, purpose, and plan, it's got to line up with the Word of God. Got to. What we've done is taken, taken the Word of God and said, okay, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. What's going to happen when that, when that happens? What's going to happen when you go into all the world and, and you preach the gospel? What's going to happen when you go into all the world and, and see people baptized with the Holy Ghost? What's going to happen when the people, you teach them to observe the things you, you're observing yourself? What's going to happen? Are they going to change? Uh, no, uh, no, should they change? Should they change? Okay, why should they change? See, that's the question. Why should they change? Well, go, go back up to verse number, number, uh, number uh, uh, 18 again. And Jesus, he said to this, he spoke to his words. He said, all authority has been given to me. Because the authority of Jesus, all authority has been given to me in heaven and where? On earth. Then he says this, command, go therefore and make disciples. That's what he said. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. 
So if all nations are being, disciples are being made in all nations, what's really happening? If disciples are being made in all nations, change is happening. And so change in our cities comes as a result of that. Change in our there are cities in every nation, right? So change in our cities comes as a result of that. Go therefore and make disciples in, in all, of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now when we do that very thing right there, we're seeing change happen in people's lives. So again, our vision, the church vision, is derived from this right here, where we're going into all the world, we're preaching the gospel, we're making disciples, and he says this, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. Now ask yourself, what has the Lord commanded you? Now see, I'm asking you that question out loud because I want, to, I want you to think about this for a moment. What has the Lord commanded you? Think about that for a moment. What has he commanded you? If you can answer that question, are you teaching that? You see, because he says this, he says, teaching them to observe all the things, all things that I have commanded you. Not just all things he's commanded, but all things he's commanded you. When we look into detail about what the Lord has commanded us, we have to go back to the scripture, ourselves, and, and individually identify, what has the Lord commanded me? Well, first of all, he's, a, he's, commanded me, he's commanded me to do this, to go, therefore, and to make disciples. Am I doing that part? That's what he said do, right? Is that what he said do? He said, go, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, number two, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then he says, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. Are those the only things he's taught us? No, it's not. So it's, it's, found, it's found in the, whole, the entirety of the Bible and not just in this one little passage right here. So our vision, although it may be a small statement, is a big thing. It's a really big thing. Because, again, a lot of things have happened in our lives as believers that we have to go into all the world and teach, teach people about. God's given every one of us an individual vision, but he's also given us collectively a vision as a congregation. But he wants us to all individually go into all the world and make disciples. Make disciples. Teaching, when, teaching them what you teaching them what you've observed, teaching them what you've been commanded by God, teaching them the ideas, the, the ideals and thoughts and, and the, the, the truths that you've learned yourself, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Now, the observation is this. If he's saying to observe something, he wants them to what? Watch you. Teaching, I'll read, read, read the Bible again. He says this, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Let them watch you live your life. Let them watch you explore Jesus. Let them watch you fail and get back up again. Let, 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 them, watch you, let, let them watch you get healed from being broken down. Let them watch you see God deliver your soul. Let them watch you see your family be changed and turned around. Let them watch all of this kind of stuff. Let, you know, if, if they're not watching that, what are they watching? They're observing something. And so when the people observe the church, what do they see? That's where vision comes in, see? What do people see when they see the church? They see anything different than when they observe the world. They're observing the world, and they're seeing, listen, they're observing the world, and they're copying the world. Doing exactly what the world does. As a matter of fact, the vision of the world is so compelling that the church copies, it, copies the world. 
Is that sad? That the vision of the world is so compelling that the church copies the world. Well, who should be copying who? They should be copying us, but why, why would they? Why, why would they copy us? Are we giving them anything to observe, anything to, to recognize? If, if God's, listen, God's given revelation to us. I, I believe people, things like the, the uh, Microsoft and, and Facebook, and God, I believe God gave those ideas to Christians first. Believers first. We do. I believe he's given it to believers first. But we say, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm going to pick on Manny for a minute. One of the few people in the country that does what he does is him. (laughs) How many people do what you do in California? The the, the business that you're involved in. I mean, the the airbrushing and all that stuff. The handcrafted airbrushing stuff. In the whole state. The whole state. Oh, because it's a dying, dying art? No, no, no. Because it's labor-intensive? Oh, no, no. Skill development? Oh, no. They, they passed up on the idea. People can learn it. People, his daughter does it. His daughter's one of them that does it as well. But see, the thing is that when we get a hold of revelation, it's up to us to get the inspired understanding and do it. Make it happen so that the world can observe us. Because if we give them nothing to observe, they will observe something from somebody else somewhere else. That's exactly what the world's doing right now. They come to the church and they observe the church and they say, that that's a, huh, a broke little bunch of folks over there trying to get me to become part of their little broke club. Let's talk about that for real. Why, why would somebody want to come to, why would somebody want to come to any church on this commu- in this community right here? What do, they got, what, what do we have that they don't have? We have Jesus. We've got the power of the Holy Ghost. But are they observing the true power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? That's got to be the vision that they see. See, it's more than just a vision of a pretty building. It's more than just a vision of an out, the outside of the building or the inside of the building. It's a vision of people living for God. A people that are sold out for God. A vision of people that are changing the cities that they happen to live in. A vision of people that are going out doing the call, doing the call that God's put on their lives. A vision of people that are receiving from God and doing exactly what he's called them to do. That's a vision that's beyond where we can think of or imagine. You see, because every individual gets an individual vision, but collectively we make up the vision of the church. That's the way we go into all the world and preach the gospel. We go into all the world, therefore make disciples who do all of that thing. Because we all have individual vision. Because we're teaching them to observe. Now, teaching them to observe is doing nothing else. I'm going to show you my life. Watch this. When I teach somebody to observe, I'm not teaching them anything. And Ron, Ron, observe me, okay? Observe me, Ron. I'm going to teach you to observe for a minute. Okay? These are my shoes. See? Look at my shoes. This is a left shoe. This is a right shoe. See, now his, I've got his full engagement on that shoe. But when I'm teaching him to observe, I'm also teaching you to observe because all of you are trying to find out what my shoes look like. <laughs> See, teaching people to observe, because, watch this, it causes even multiplication. It causes even multiplication because people will observe, catch. They will catch what you're throwing rather than 
hear what you're teaching all the time. So I can teach you I'm blue in the face, and it's hard for me to get blue in the face because I'm so black. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. But if I teach you to observe, you'll always be watching vision in motion. You'll be looking and seeing for yourself that it's really real. As opposed to saying, uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I get that. It's going to continue to happen that way. That's how faith really comes. However, at the same time, we can teach people and teach people and teach people and teach people and teach people until we show them how to do. Now, if Carrie were here, I'll tell you, she'd tell, tell us this, that she teaches her students, but she gives them observation opportunities as well. And when she gives them opportunity to, to observe things, they get, I get it. That's how kids learn, because they observe things, don't they? They watch their parents do stuff, and they do what their parents do. We're sitting at breakfast, uh, at lunch with, uh, remember Bob and Louise Macy? Sitting at breakfast with Bob and Louise, Cedric's four years old, and, we're, and he'd observed us praying in tongues a lot. Sitting around the house praying in tongues. And I said, and we, we said, let's pray for our food, right? We're praying for our food. And Cedric's over there. Time to do that because he observed that. We didn't teach him that. Was he filled with the Holy Ghost at that time? I don't know, but he's, he's observed something and he began to do that. So, we teach people to observe. Watch this part. It says this. Teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you. Now, that right there is rich enough to walk home with today because when I have to look at this for myself, I've got to identify what has the Lord commanded me. You've got to look at yourself individually. Look at yourself and say, what has the Lord commanded you? And then we've got to look at our church and say, what has the Lord commanded us? He's commanded us to go, therefore, and make disciples. He's, that's a command. Go, therefore, and make disciples. When, when authority, when somebody speaks from authority, and then they say, do something, that means it's a commandment. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Not some authority, all authority. And then right after that, he says, go. He didn't say, well, all authority has been given me in heaven and earth. I want you to think about this. Consider the claims that I want to give you right now. I want you to do these kind of things once in a while when you get a chance. When you feel like it, I want you to do this when you feel like it, when you feel like it, when you feel, when you feel, when you feel like you want to get up in the morning and go, go take a walk and tell people about Jesus, go ahead and do that on a Tuesday, Tuesday, day, Tuesday afternoon. He said, no, go therefore and make disciples. Then he says where to do it. He says of all nations, of all nations, then he says what to do, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things. Now, I repeat myself so much. It's because I want you to. I repeat myself a whole lot. You have to observe me a little bit more to see exactly what I'm doing. Now, some of you from afar, some of you observe me on the internet, some of you observe me personally one-on-one, -on -one. some of you observe me when I have conversations with you, some of you observe me when, I'm, when you think that I'm slipping, think I might want, to, might want to cuss or something like that, some of you kind of observe and see, ah, Pastor said, I knew he was, I knew he was going to cuss, I knew he was going to cuss one day, but see, but you're observing me to the degree that you're, you're watching what God has commanded me to do, or you're, or you're watching what, I, what, I, what, you, what you think I ought to be doing. When I watch folks observing people, I observe a lot of ministers of the gospel. There's some I don't choose to do anything that they do. I mean, nothing. I mean, not, not, not repeat one word that they, that they say because of what they, how they minister. Not, not, not one word. 
But there's some that just captivate my attention because they so line up with the word of God that I observe what they're talking about. And then because I've observed it, I'm able to communicate about it, talk about it the same way because it's the same word of God. But they, re they relate to me. And there's people that relate to you individually. And they relate to us as a congregation. Churches around the area that have vision are churches that have a bunch of folks that understand why they're there. They understand what they see. They understand what they expect. Question for yourself. What do you expect? What do you see? Let me give you something else to see. Because every one of us could just pick up and go somewhere else and do something else different. And the same challenge would be faced by us as individuals. We'd have to get a revelation about what God's doing. We'd have to find out what's happening in the house. And then we'd have to make a choice to do it or not. Or we'd find all the excuses about why we shouldn't be there. We'd find all the excuses about why we would want to just kind of take off and, well, you know, forget church, I'll just show up. I'll just show up. I'll just be there. I don't care what they say, I'll just be there. Bless God, I'll just, I gotta go to church anyway, I'll just go here and just, you know, just sit down, relax, and you know what? No, 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 no. If you come here, I'm gonna challenge you. I'm gonna challenge you. I'm gonna challenge you to live this thing. Because you see, we only get one life to live. We get one life, it's not just a TV program, we get one life to live. And if, if I don't give you everything that I have to give, I mean, and I may not be the not the only, only source of, of information and revelation you're going to receive. I'm one of them. God's placed you in the house to receive that. So as I'm pouring out my heart in reference to the division of the church, seeing our cities change for Jesus, I'm going right to the Bible so you can see for yourself what the Bible talks about regarding vision. As we go to the word of God, we see for ourselves, okay, God's talking about this vision thing like this in a strong way. He wants me to go to, uh, okay, he wants, God wants me to, do, me to do that. He's commanded me to do that. He's commanded who else, who else to do that? Us to do that. Now, the difference between a vision individually and a vision for the church is that when we then begin to collectively do things. When we do outreach together, it's not just one person doing it. It's everybody doing it. And it's a vision of the house to see that the, the people in our community get saved, people in our community get set free, uh, people in our community get the word of, word of knowledge for themselves, the word of wisdom for themselves. They receive what God has for them because we have chosen to do that. When we get to the place where we're uh, having our institute called Rain Institute, Institute, I'm talking about an institute that's going to have life skills, life skills that have a desire to, to learn how to live their lives effectively. It doesn't sound religious. They want to come and find out, okay, how do I raise my family effectively? Well, you know what? There's a whole bunch of people in here that are raising families effectively, and don't you think that you've got some knowledge to pass along to somebody? Life skills. Skills like that that will help people understand that. Well, so you're talking about you guys pray together as a family? Husband and wife pray together? You, you, I mean, you guys lay hands on your children when they get sick. And you watch them do what? Recover. You do that? And that, that really, does that, does it, where'd you learn that stuff from? Life skills, then Bible, see? We're applying Bible to life skills. We're applying the word of God to things that people are trying to Bible. They're trying out there. Folks in your neighborhood live without the skills to live. 
without the skills to live. So this, the ultimate skill they need to get is certainly understand who Christ is, but then learn the word of God as to what the word of God talks about regarding children, where, how to raise family, how, to, how husbands and wives ought to live together, how family ought to be treating one another, how to hang out with you, how to, how to work with your, your extended family and your grandchildren, all, all those kinds of things. That's life skills. And then if we got to the area and talking about financial literacy, you know, understanding what, what tithing what really means. But they, see, we wouldn't talk about tithing. We'd talk about giving for a minute. And how giving has worked in their life already. Because you know what? There are people that, this, there are people that are not saved that are givers. Some of you were already givers before you got saved. Some of you were already givers. Some of you were tight as Dick's hat band. But, some, but the thing is that you were, you were given, that was a terminology my grandmother used to use, tight as Dick's hat band. I don't know what that really means. But she said tight as Dick's hat band. I guess he had a hat, hat on, the banner on the hat that made his hat, hat stayed on top of his head or something. I don't know. What it Here's the deal. Financial literacy is something that everybody needs to learn about. Everybody. Why would people listen to you about financial literacy? Because some of us have been very good at handling our finances. Some of us manage our finances effectively. Do you know a church is our size, our size, the size of a congregation right now, people, people look around and go like, how do you pay eleven, ten, twelve thousand dollars a month to live to be in this job? How do you guys do that? Because we we know how to manage well. <laughs> we know how to pray pray good. Oh, oh, some of you probably think that well because I give so much. Well, you know what? There's other folks that gave a whole lot more than you gave, and they left, and we're still managing. Okay, don't shoot no, don't shoot no guns at me now, okay? <laughs> but I'm letting you know we had a lot more people in our church that were giving a lot. That we had a lot more income at one time, didn't we? And we were managing there, but you know what? We learned how to manage better, didn't we? So why would they listen to us? Why would they listen to you? How to manage financial literacy. You understand that divine revelation inspired understanding of his will, purpose, and plan about how to use money effectively. So we teach that to people and get them on a road where they begin to live effectively and they also understand financial literacy, how to take care of their finances. You know, one, of the, one of my passions, again, is entrepreneurship because I, I see people doing their own business because I think in the future that there'll be a time where we'll be a, what's called a... Um, Production society. Meaning, if you don't produce, you don't get paid. Same thing as if you don't work, you don't eat. But if you don't produce, you don't get paid. People that are in business, you understand what it means to not produce. And you, you understand what it means not to get paid. You see, every person, not every person, but most people that have been in business for any length of time have gone without a paycheck. They've, I mean, they, no, they've gone without a paycheck for a certain day. Oh, this would be the payday today, but this is has to be paid first because yes, I can't do this called work anymore because I won't have this place called space. So I gotta take care of this before I eat and explain it to my wife. Okay, how do I do that? We learn how to have financial literacy by saving money and putting money aside so when we have a rainy day, it doesn't rain so hard. <laughs> it doesn't rain so hard. See, so entrepreneurship is a, one of those things where we begin to teach people how to handle their personal lives in reference to the area of their business life. Now, not everybody's going to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody's going to do that. But some people will. And some people that will do that will employ other people. And what they'll, what they'll be able to do, they'll be able to teach life skills. See how it's, how it's multiplying? They'll be able to teach financial literacy. You see how, how that works as well? We've got now entrepreneurs becoming evangelists. You See, the strategy is so much different than come to the church, 
learn about the things of God. I want you to do that now. Come do that. But then we want to have you become a, a disciple of Christ and come into the church and learn all these wonderful things. And I want to teach you all these wonderful things right now and go out and be an evangelist and teach the word of God. Well, we're going to be secret agent evangelists, but we're going to really evangelize the world still by doing things a little bit differently. As an entrepreneur and a pastor, I have a chance to affect people's lives all over the world. I really do. I don't know if you guys really realize that or not, but it really does happen. And, I, and I, I'm not bragging about it. I'm just, I'm just telling you what I, what I know. When I affect people's lives all around the world, I'm like, gee, Lord, why is, there, why, why is it not coming Christian felt? Why, why people don't come here to get that kind of same kind of thing? I'm getting all these accolades and people talking about all this kind of stuff. I want to know why. But he said, you know, don't worry about why. Just do. Do what I've called you to do. Do what I've called you to do. In effect, change people's lives. Now, I'm, I'm sitting in restaurants on occasion, and here, this is the fun part about it. Some of you even know right now. I was telling Benita just the other day how I'm sitting in restaurants once in a while, and I was sitting with a pastor, a friend of mine, and I saw a person that came to our church years and years ago. And all of a sudden, I've seen them, and they were having conversation, and they began to talk about what they learned at Centerpoint over the years. Way back then, they talked about what they learned and what, they're do- and what they're doing today and how they learned and how their family is together right now. I mean, you're talking about a man, men feel, feel like, you know, I'm trying to be cool and everything. Like, you know, praise God, hallelujah. Little tears start popping out my eyes and everything. I'm like, God, we made a difference in one person's life. You know, God help me, Jesus. You know, but the thing is that we all make a difference. We all make a difference. As a church, we're revisiting our future because it's a time that, in my own personal life, I've got a, a new situation happening, a new season in my life, a, reef, a new fire in my life. Here's the secret. Love for everybody to come along, but everybody might not come along. It's okay. It's okay. But we want everybody to come along. But we also realize that not everybody's going to come along. But we do realize also there'll be more coming because I've always, I look at things as seed. Any person that's ever left here, I've, left them, I've, I've looked at them as a seed that God sowed out to the world that he bring back a harvest for. If harvest hasn't shown up yet, that means it's on its way. He said, wait for it, right? He said, well, he said, well wait for it. It won't be long. And so we're at the stage where we, where we have to say that it won't be long because we've been at this for a long time. And it seems like it's been a long time, for real, too. If, it seems like it's been a long time, and, and, but we're still waiting on what God has said he's already promised. So, so we're waiting on what God's promised. God's never wrong. He never lies. We're lies, we're going to wait on what God has promised us. And so, so the seed that goes out the door, the seed that goes out the door is planted somewhere else. Listen, the harvest is coming. The harvest is coming. We planted some wonderfully good seed. We've had some folks that have been a part of our church that have been some of the greatest folks that you've ever seen in your life. Some of the best teachers of the word of God have been here. Some of the best ministers of the gospel have been here. And there are other places right now sowing seed, being planted as seed. But you know what? A harvest is coming. A harvest is coming. Unless, unless they were just dead wood. How many believe that we had some folks that, that have been in that category? I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about the dead wood. I'm talking about the ones that have been a blessing. The ones that have been a real blessing. We've had, we've had the dead wood. We had some dead wood, too. I, I, I wasn't trying to go there, but that, that's what happened. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> now, vision, glimpse of the future, what you see. Kind of a glimpse of what you see in the future. You've had vision in your own personal life. Church has vision. And our, our, what we see is people being changed. Our city being changed because of people being changed. It's re- really simple, not complicated at all. 
to accommodate all that stuff will be buildings. To accommodate all that stuff will be knocking out walls. To accommodate all that stuff will come all, all the other things that come along with it. So you've got to be ready for that. There's a cost at harvest time. How many of you know there's a cost at harvest time? So when a harvest does come, we've got to be ready to receive the harvest. The cost for us, well, some of it will be money, but some of it will be your preparation. Your preparation, our preparation, being ready to receive those that are coming, that are coming outside the, from outside the doors, that are coming to receive what God has for them. As you're teaching them about life skills, you've got to be ready to teach about that. As you're teaching them about financial literacy because of what your experience has been, you've got to be ready for that. If you're still broke trying to figure out how to get by in life yourself, you're not ready for it yet. You need to come to the life skills class. Learn how to live your life. Learn how to understand financial literacy in a better way, a better capacity. Learn about entrepreneurship from, from somebody that's been in business already that, that you said, yeah, I work at a full-time job right now, and maybe I want to do a part-time thing so I, can do, so I can get on my own at some point, maybe five years down the road, but I've got to start today. You've got to start now. Most people that start businesses don't start cold turkey. Some start when they have a job already. They have an income base, and then one day something happens. Either their job disappears, they decide to make their job disappear, or they retire, or they do something different, and, but something happens, and they have to rely on a sole source of income that is not their job anymore. When that happens, their mind changes too. <laughs> I'm going to give you some insight here. When their mind changes, their actions change. You see, because when you're in a full-time job, and you have a full-time income, and you, have to, you don't have to really worry as much or concern yourself too much, but as soon as that job is gone, as soon as that job is gone, then you have to be concerned about how you're going to get by in life, right? People look at me and cry, how do you, how, how do you, how do you, you've been, you've been looking at me that way for 20 some years. How does he even get, how, how does he even get by in life, you know? We, we can't pay him enough to live. You're not my source. God, God's my source. He really is. He's given me some wisdom on how to handle things a little bit differently, but, but I'm telling you, I've, I've grown over some years to understand exactly how God wants me to live my life, and, 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 and it, my income it reflects that in various ways, not just, a few, not just a couple ways, but a few different ways. And I said, Lord, thank you. And I bless God, for, I bless God for, for being able to have a variety of different things going on, but at the same time, I also thank him for being in the house. So I treat this ministry, I treat this church, as a, my, my calling, my vocation, the thing that I pour my life into. This is where I give all my, my heart and soul to so that we can, as a body, begin to do the thing that God's called us to do as, a believe, as believers, and that's to see our cities change for Jesus. It will happen. It will happen. If you want to be a part of it, you can be. If you choose not to be, that's okay, no problem. Um, you can go change the city somewhere else. And, let God use you there too. Amen. The, the, how, how, do we, how do we go about making change? How do we go about making change? That's the, that's the next part about it. That's on the back of your bulletin. And, and we talk about this as our, our mission statement. I'll say it out loud to you. I know it by heart. Most of you know some of it, but you probably don't know all of it. With all humility. Right? Um, go to Acts chapter 20. For, Acts chapter 20. Let you know that's in the Bible. Because it has to be derived from the Bible, otherwise we don't do it. 20, verse 19. 
This is Paul the Apostle speaking. Verse 19 says, Serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me uh, by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to Greeks, that's everybody, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a mission such as Paul has here is that how a vision comes to pass is by a mission that people really begin to work. I've said this to you before, and I think it bears repeating right now. A vision compels you. You're excited about it when you see it. You, get, you kind of get motivated. See, you see a picture, and you see, ah, oh, yes, wonderful, beautiful, glorious, I love it. I see it. But a mission is a little bit more boring. It's a mundane, the everyday activity. It's, the, it's like the tractor rolling down, the tractor being propelled through the dirt. You see, the, um, you see the, the helicopter going up in the air. It's propelling in the air. It's going up in the air from flat place to straight up in the air. But the tractor propeller on the tractor, it has uh, the tractor wheels that has a little... Don't get noticed at all, does it? All you see is the tractor. But when you look at it, the thing is moving because of the feature that's a part of that tractor. Well, vision, we get to the vision by what we do on a daily basis. Our mission, serve the Lord with all humility. How do we go about serving God? How do we go about serving people? We serve God with all humility, meaning that we're not proud and arrogant about it. We hold nothing back that's helpful. Watch this. It doesn't mean that we don't hold anything back. It's that we just don't hold anything back that's helpful. There's some things that are not helpful that we hold back. We hold back things that are not helpful. We don't, we don't get involved in people uh, where we say, well, tell you what, uh, we'll let you um, come here to the church and you can, um, uh, you can sleep here all week long for, for free and, and, uh, and we'll let you uh, be outside. Well, you know, how helpful is that really for somebody at this point? Not really helpful. You know why it's breaking the law, first of all. And, and oh, come on, Pastor, we, we have to help people. Right? Well, sometimes we have to do things a little bit different. We have to put them in a hotel. That's probably more helpful for them. We have to help them get a job. That's probably more helpful for them. We have to give them some education that's going to help them get to a better place. Refer them somewhere else that can help them, that has home housing, uh, housing available to them. We do things that are helpful, but we hold nothing back that's helpful. So we, if, we're, if we're going to do anything, we're going to help people but it's got to be beneficial for them. So we're not going to hold back in our helping, but we will hold back those things that are not helpful. Okay? So we testify to all repentance to our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we, we want to preach and teach the gospel of Christ publicly from house to house. Now, the public part, I'm doing that right now. That's the public part. But you know what? There's some public preaching that we do also that's not just preaching like we preach from a pulpit. We don't walk around with pulpits every day. But we do preach the gospel still when we're out and about. We preach the gospel to people all the time. And so we talk about Serve the Lord with all humility. Hold nothing back that's helpful. Proclaim Jesus the gospel of Christ publicly from house to house and testify to all repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the very things that we do to continue to move forward to get our vision, to see our vision come to pass, but we have to stay on mission. Serve the Lord with all humility. Hold nothing back that's helpful. Proclaim Jesus the gospel of Christ publicly from house to house and testify to all repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. When we do those things and get that in our spirit, get that in our spirit for real, we'll see our vision come to pass. When we do those things consistently as a body, we'll see those things come to pass. Now, 
what, <laughs> what we what sometimes we want to do, though, is leave it to one person or a few people and then get involved. But when we are lined up and God says, take one step, we all have to take it at the same time. We played a game, I don't know if it's called Mother May I when I was a kid or some, some kind of game. And, and, and she says, okay, Mother May I, didn't, whatever. And she says, take one step forward. And everybody had to take one step forward. And somebody would take two steps. And some, somebody, the, the command was to do something, and somebody would do the wrong thing, so that person would be out of the game, right? Well, in this situation, we can't afford to get out of the game. We have to be on target with God. And say, okay, God, whatever you want us to do, we'll do that together. We've got to walk in unison together. How can we walk together unless we're agreed? We have to be in agreement together and watch what God does. Otherwise, well, otherwise it's just, you know, us doing our thing, trying to make something happen, and I'm telling you, us trying to make something happen that's not God's vision is a waste of time. I mean, we should get a, a show of hands for everybody here. How many of you have time to waste? Just raise your hand real high. What, real high. You have time to waste. Nobody has time to waste. Nobody has time. To, don't, don't do that. You scratch yourself. You, you raise your hand. But <laughs> just bother you, man. None of us have time to waste. You know, I, I, want, I want to, um, this, is a, uh, this new season in my life is fun. It's fun and exciting. You, you, you don't get a chance to, you haven't had a chance to be a part of what I've been a, been a part of for the last year of every day communicating, talking with Benita about vision and life and ministry and, and just things that she does in ministry, I do in ministry, we do as a church in ministry, what we do together as a ministry. Uh, we have a ministry together outside the church that we have as a nonprofit organization that we have as a church a ministry also. That, that's not a church, it's a separate ministry, 501c3. And, and we do another ministry outside the church that does totally different than Centerpoint. But we also have Centerpoint. And we, we're trusting God for some great things to happen here. Uh, my assignment's not up here. I believe God's got me here for the duration of my life. That's what I believe. But I'm so, every day I get up and get here, I'm here to talk about how God wants to take your life and change it. How God wants to use you in a great way. Benita's part of my life, and I want her to come share a few, few minutes with you right now about, about vision a little bit. And what God's been going to show her. Now, I'm going to do you like I do everybody else, okay? Now, get, put this in your hand. Okay. So if I come back up here and touch your shoulder like this. That means I'm done. She's fast. She's fast. She's fast. She got it. She's fast. Hey, you guys. I'm not going to keep you. Good afternoon, family. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, man. I love you guys. First of all, I want to thank you. Um, I am so honored to be a part of this house. Let me say that first of all. You have been nothing but loving and embracing to me. And I want to thank you for that. Um, I thought I was going to be so very homesick from my home church that I left. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background on that, let me get some tissues because I'm a woo-woo. Um, <laughs> my home church that I left um, was a pilgrim church. And by that I mean that they started from the Big Abundant. Do you guys know the Big Abundant in Rancho, that church? Uh, was my home home church. Um, I started there when it was not much bigger than Center Point. And last I heard, they have, I don't know, 10, 15,000 members. But they started a satellite church. 
and the Lord spoke to me to go with that little satellite uh, church. And we are smaller than this congregation, uh, but such a loving, loving body. And so when I met Pastor and he took me away, kicking and screaming <laughs> from my little church, they were convinced he was a devil and tried to pray him away from me. They did, they did. Yeah. Uh, really, at first, they were like, who is this? Where does he go? And What kind of church? But, uh, um, but the first time I came here, I felt the love, and it has only increased. And whereas I miss the people, I am home. So thank you. Thank you so much for allowing this to be my new home. Um, but along with vision, um, what the Lord really said on my heart, because I don't have a, a heart for big churches. I don't need to be in a big church. But what I have a heart for is God's heart. And right away when I started coming here, God started speaking to me about the return on his investment. You know, we know that God is the ultimate businessman, right? No one would have their property underutilized. And when there are souls dying, it is an affront to God for his property and his vision not to go forth. So what does that mean for Center Point? That means that we have huge vision for Center Point. God has been speaking. Your pastor been waking me up, and I don't know how many of you guys know Pastor said, but when I first met him, he was like an 8, 8.30 man, 8.30 in the evening. That meant that, like, by our daytime, like, you know, 8 o'clock, he's done. I don't care if it's a movie, dinner, whatever. He was like, I got to see you. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I am so shocked that this man now that is up until 2 and 3 in the morning praying and and wanting to wake me up and talk to me about what God is saying about Center Point and what he's doing and where we're going. But I am telling you, God is doing something so amazing in this house. So you will be hearing in the months to come, we are going to unveil a whole campaign of, of embracing this community. You know, we're not going um, uh, intentionally outside of this community, because this community has people that need what we have. You know, you are such a loving, magnificent people. You know, uh, there are those out there that need what's in this house. Amen? The love that's here. The unity that's here. I mean, you look around this room, and sometimes I just think, you know, I wish I could just take a, a, a picture of this room and put it on Facebook or somewhere. There's so much love here, and you don't have to look like me, and I don't have to look like you, and we love each other. I am wild about Donna. I am wild about, you know, everyone in this room, Marianne and, and Greg and, you know, Lowell and Brenda. I mean, just face after face, heart after heart. We are yoked up together because of him, and the world needs us. The world needs what we have. The, the world needs who you are. And so all we are going to do is go after God's heart. But we're going hard. Have you guys heard that expression, go hard or go home? Go hard or go home? That's going to be us. We're going hard. So you will be seeing us, I mean, everywhere, 
on the internet, on door knockers. I mean, we're going to have prayer and coffee here in the morning at the point, just so that if there's somebody going by who may uh, found out their husband cheated last night and don't know what they're going to do today, they can stop here for prayer and free coffee. And we're not trying to recruit them. We are just extending the heart of God to them. Now, will that bring members in? Absolutely, it will, because we'll be meeting needs. So we have, Pastor talked about Rain Institute, which we're so excited about. You know, um, a people can never rise above the level of their instruction. And we have so many people that are dying because they don't know how. Not that they don't want it. They don't know how. You know, Ron, they don't know how to be married like you've been married to Donna. They don't know how to raise their kids to love God like you've taught Ronnie how to love God, you know, and you could be a voice to somebody that doesn't know how, and that's what we're going after, so thank you guys, I feel like my time is up, and everybody's thinking about Mimi's and Country Cafe, <laughs> the chicken in the pot, and I'm going to let you go to it, but thank you so much, amen. Amen, thank you. Bruce, somebody's uh, doing an offering today. Somebody's receiving an offering today. Who's that? Manuel. Manuel Hernandez is here. Amen. It's on your step. Thank you, sir. Oh, everybody can hear me. You know, I, I, I don't need this, do I? Okay. I'm, my wife says I'm pretty loud. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.